Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalized pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms, and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Tradings. Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Blog Talk Radio. doing the intro for us today. It is Rich Wilson, and welcome to Sunday Night Fantasy Baseball Talk on Blog Talk Radio. Timmy, you like that music, man? Yeah, it's nice for a change of pace, Rich, but tell me something. How long have we been doing this show together? What, three, four, five years? I think it's three and a half years, Tim. Okay, well, do you think by now I might have figured out that I should turn my volume down before the show starts? <laughs> you got blown out by a little a little big town now. It's, it's, it's a song called Boondocks, Tim, and uh, here's the line that I love. I keep my heart and soul in the boondocks, and I figured... What a, what a, what better song to play for the great Perry Misner than a song about the Boondocks, right? Because he lives, Terry, you live in the Boondocks, right? Uh, yes, I do. Louisiana <laughs> is all Boondocks. Timmy, that took it, it took me uh, all day to to think of what I was going to play for Perry to to join him. So uh, I, I was very very happy with the selection there. So so one of the one of the parts of the song, uh, Perry, is he gets his fishing pole, his bait. And he goes, uh, he goes fishing in the crawfish hole. And then on Saturday really? night they play poker, and on Sunday they go to church. That's what's life in the boondocks. How accurate is that? I would say that fits uh, my life exactly 100 <laughs> percent, for some of the details. Okay, there you go. But it's 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 a simple life, Perry. It's Shreveport, is that correct? <laughs> uh, Lafayette. Ah, uh, Lafayette. Yes, my my uh, wife's family is from Baton Rouge, so uh, so I got a little bit of that crawfish and that uh, little southern flair here as well. So I kind of get it. I'm having trouble, Rich, envisioning you 
<laughs> digging for crawfish. Sorry. But. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's funny. You know, my my all of my parents are from the deep south as well. They're from South Georgia, and I'm not kidding you, Tim. And people laugh when they hear my mother talk. My mother has a really thick Southern accent. She calls me Richard, and it's very very funny because you know obviously I live in the New York area now, and she'll be here and she'll go Richard. People just kind of look. What was that? You know, it's it's, it's very adorable and very very funny. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to love it, but you can you can definitely tell you, you're not from the deep south yourself, Rich. <laughs> now, now, guys, we're just we're goofing off here. This is our uh, this is a show before we take next week off. Uh, so I appreciate Perry coming along and Tim as well. If you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do that is by Twitter at Timothy L M C at Timothy L M C at Perry Misner. That's P E R R Y M I S N E R. Did I spell that correct, Perry? Two S's. Two S's, M-I-S-S-N-E-R, and, of course, yes. myself, at Rich Wilson FSG, at Rich Wilson FSG. So I said I'll be on vacation next week. We will not have a show. But sometime, Tim, between now and two weeks from today, I will also put out a podcast on the Arizona Fall League. Uh, and i got to tell you, Tim, did you see the rosters? Ooh, I saw the rosters, and I started fooling a little bit at the most. A little drool appeared. Maybe it's a little too graphic, Rich, but, man, oh, man, we, we got some really, really solid talent. If you need some help with that podcast, uh, just call 1-800-PODCAST-HELP, uh, and I'll be there for you, Rich. Okay, that might be it. Might be something to do, Tim. I was just going to be a little quickie, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll decide to do it a little longer. But, uh, Perry, it sounds like the Chicago Cubs are sending every one of their top prospects. They're, they're showing them off. It's like a beauty pageant. They're saying, look at us, look how good we are. And i got to tell you, there's more pitching there than there has been in the last couple of years, Perry. So are you going to get a chance to to go across and, and make it out to Arizona Fall League this year? Uh, not this year, but it sounds like the Cubs are trying to distract from what their current on, on-field product <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and uh, i got to tell you, it looks like, uh, Timmy, the Houston Astros will again, once again have the number one pick. They've got the Miami Marlins by six games for that, so uh, already 91 losses, so 100 is definitely in their sight. Tim, you're thinking 105, 106 losses for the Houston Astros? Well, yeah, unless they get on a real streak. I think I think that's a safe prediction, Rich. Uh, did I see right? Is Maurer from Seattle going to be in the AFL this year? Yeah, Maurer is a guy who came up. I was I was fairly high on him. Absolutely 100% wrong on him, Tim. Uh was terrible, but he's going to be there. Alex Meyer's going to be there. A lot of guys that were injured, but uh some really good talent. And uh I I think if you see Maurer, you'll go he's better than he showed in the major leagues, Tim. Yeah, no, I I'm really looking forward to it because you know, last year basically I I think from a pitching perspective it was rather bleak uh, with the changes in the signing rules etc. I think the only pitcher we saw that had fairly big potential was Gibson if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Kyle Gibson uh who's had uh, Perry just an okay year so far, uh just definitely a rookie, a little bit older rookie. He was rehabbing from Tommy John surgery, so everybody got a chance to see him. He was there just for the first uh few weeks and that's what you get Perry with Arizona in a fall league. Usually the pitchers if they're if they're going to show up it's just for a couple of starts in the beginning, so e- even sometimes by mid-season they're not there. Hmm. Well, it gives you a nice little picture of what you're going to be looking at in the next few years in the major leagues, though, I guess. 
It's it's absolutely the place to go, and uh, so I have a little podcast on that. I think it's the best place to see prospects, uh, except for probably the um, the futures game, which I think is the best opportunity to see the the high end talent. And Tim, I, I got a chance this past week again to go to uh, uh, California League games, and man, I I'm just watching just watching crap when you go to one minor league game. I saw Corey Seager, who was Kyle Seager's brother, right. Who's, was is a better talent than Kyle Seeger, but man, he looked terrible. He's a 19 year old kid in high A Tim, and man, there was one guy. He was he was uh, this final at bat. He was uh, it was lefty against lefty, and man, three swings and misses on on sliders that he had no idea where they were going. In fact, you saw a smirk on his face as he was swinging and missing. And I'm thinking, man, what am I doing here? I mean, it, it, there's just not a lot of talent if you go to one individual minor league game. Well, yeah, I would say what's happening there is he's getting schooled, Rich, and if he learns enough of those lessons a couple of years down the road, we might not, we might not see repeats of that. Well, guys, let's get into some uh, fantasy baseball here. And, and Tim, uh, Perry, did you get a chance to listen to the, to the show last week? I did. It was a good show. Oh, thank you. Well, one of the things that uh, we had to guess the player, which I don't have this week, but it was really comparing uh, Brandon Belt with Joey Votto. And, Tim, it, it created a lot of emails, a lot of Twitter chatter on Joey Votto. And so I kind of did some more research. Here's the stats. In 2010, he hit 37 home runs, 113 RBIs, and 91 walks. In 2011, 29 home runs, 103 RBIs, and 110 walks. 2012, last year he was hurt. Then this year, 20 home runs, 61 RBIs, and already 105 walks. Tim, what's happening is his walks are going up and his RBIs are going down, and now I'm hearing a lot of chatter, not just between our listeners, but also MLB Network had tons of discussion points about this this week. And basically it got down to, Tim, there's two things that you have to have for a guy to hit an RBI. Somebody on base, and you got to swing the pole one, the Cincinnati Reds have not had anybody on base in front of them. And two, Joey Votto doesn't want to swing the pole. He wants to take a walk. Yeah, it's an interesting sort of situation, Rich. Uh, you know, you look at uh, Brandon Phillips, who's been hitting in the two-hole. He's got 99 RBIs on the year. Uh, maybe. I know Dusty's... He's been hitting in the four-hole. He's been hitting in the four-hole, Tim. Has he? I thought he was sitting in the two-hole. Well, the four-hole, that's why he has 99 RBIs, because guess what? Joey Votto's only on pace. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. No, sorry. I'm a, I must have uh, must have had a brain cramp there. Sorry, gents. But, yeah, definitely, uh, when you look at, at Votto, uh, hey, if he's going to get on base, why not move him into the two-hole at this stage of the game? You've got absolutely nothing to g- nothing to lose and everything to gain, Rich. Yeah, uh, Perry, it's interesting because the sabermetricians love Joey Votto. They love the walk rate. Obviously, the money ball scenario says you, you can't you can't score unless you get on base, which I totally buy into. But when you're in a run-producing part of the order, you got to swing the ball, Perry, and you gotta you gotta hit the ball, and and you gotta put guys on in front of you that are going to get on on base so you can actually drive those in. Tim's right. Why not put Joey Votto batting second? Well, it sounds like you're blaming Votto for his place in the lineup, and I don't <laughs> think that's particularly fair. But the one thing that I will note, that even even though Votto was hurt last year, he had 44 doubles in 112 games or something, so his, his power potential is slightly diminished because of the back injury, but I think that uh, um, judging him by his 2011 season when he was the MVP probably isn't fair. We, we need to judge him more as a, a doubles hitter. 
So, so Perry, I, I'm not blaming Votto, just to kind of go back to that point, but I guess who I'm blaming? I'm blaming Dusty Baker. I'm, I'm blaming old-school Dusty Baker who, you know, if he were to take a look at his lineup, and Joey Votto says, look, I like taking pitches. I'm not going to swing at a bad pitch. And guess what? He does strike out a lot, but he can definitely tell a ball from a strike. Why doesn't Dusty Baker bat him second? That's my question to you. Okay, well, as I remember when I was a Cub fan in the early 90s, uh, Baker used to uh, bat, uh, I think maybe he was there for when Mark Grace used to bat third, and Grace was maybe not quite even as powerful a hitter, but he'd be in there swinging and he'd get his RBIs because the players in front of him would get on base. And I don't, I think uh, Votto is probably... uh, maybe a little too patient, but uh, I I think you're right that Baker deserves some blame for not knowing what he has in uh, in an on-base machine like that. And batting him after Shinsu, too, would put a lot of uh, RBI opportunities for Phillips and the other Reds hitters like Jay Bruce. Yeah, and Phillips, uh, Timmy, loves to swing the pole, and you would go Shinsu Shu is lefty and so is Votto, but Votto has no splits. I mean, so, I mean, he's as good against a lefty as a righty, so that lefty-lefty kind of works there. I'm going to tell you, Timmy, why he doesn't bat him second, because Joey Votto is a first baseman. Joey Votto Votto makes $20-plus million a year, so you have to bat him third or fourth. He's your best hitter, so you bat him third. That's what the old school says. He's not thinking kind of new thought processes, which is saying you got to put your on-base guys first and second. Well, yeah, and at the same point in time, it's that train of thought that will lead the Reds into a third-place finish, Rich. Yeah, I know, Tim, and, and uh, you know, again, I, Joey Votto's a great player, don't get me wrong, Timmy, but 61 RBI, he might have a few more now, but, I mean, he's on pace for 75 RBI, or maybe a little less. You can't have that as a, coming from your third third position, and they're not scoring enough runs. No, what? Uh, how many RBIs does Garrett Jones have so far this year, Rich? I, I, I don't know, Tim. I'm going to say 45. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, when you start looking at 75 RBIs, that, that does not put you anywhere close to being in elite uh, company. And you know, hey, move Jay Bruce. He, he's a guy that'll go. He, he's a guy that'll swing for the fences uh, and and swing the bat. Move move Bruce up in the order, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. So, oh, 47. So Garrett Jones has 47 RBI. So that's what you expect for a uh, second division fringe average player, which is what Garrett Jones is. Uh, But Joey Votto, you know, I I think it's wrong for them to kind of change, Timmy, his style of play. I think you you figure out what kind of player is. You put him there. You say, I don't care how much money he makes. I don't care he's a first baseman. Look what they're doing with Eric Hosmer. They're batting Eric Hosmer second. Why? Because he's kind of Joey Votto. Well, yeah, you know, and you know what? Funny funny thing, uh, haven't the Royals been winning since they moved him into the two-hole and he's been getting on base? They've been actually scoring some runs, I think, haven't they? They have, and, uh, of course, Yost uh, was afraid he was going to lose his job, Perry, so it's like, well, let me try Let me try what the smart people that wear the glasses and, you know, and have all the degrees are telling me to do, and, and that's what's happened. Well, Dusty Baker does have a long uh, history of success, so I guess he's probably used to people questioning his ways and saying, I've made the playoffs with three teams and you haven't, so I'm going to do things my way. But what kind of success has he really had? I mean, you were obviously a, a Cubs fan. I mean, did he have true success as a manager of the Chicago Cubs? I mean, did he win games on his own with his own managerial tactics? Uh, perhaps not, but he, he was there, and they won, so you have to give him some credit. 
Uh, well, I, I agree with that, Timmy. But I've never, I've never been a Dusty Baker huge fan. I don't know about yourself. Uh, no, I, um, I, I. When you look at the way he's handled uh, pitchers over the years, uh, nah, he's he's not on my list of top ten, Rich. Yeah, so Perry. What about uh, Mark Pryor? What about uh, uh, oh, the other guy that had twenty strikeouts? Kerry Wood. Yeah, Kerry, Kerry Wood. Wood. I mean, what about those uh, debacles? I mean, is that I don't you have to put a little bit of blame on Dusty there? Perhaps, perhaps. But I was actually going to bring up Pryor later in the podcast because I was thinking about him in relation to um, Matt Harvey and how uh, smooth and uh, flawless. Uh, Pryor's delivery seemed, but he still kept on getting hurt. So I don't, I don't know if that's. I mean, Baker put a, a lot of innings on him as a young pitcher, which was probably a mistake and led to the Strasburg situation last year. But at the same time, the Cubs did make the playoffs that year, so they went for it, which is what everyone who was complaining about Strasburg last year was saying. Yeah, let, uh, Perry, let's get into to, to Matt Harvey because, I mean, to me, that was the biggest news of the week. And, I mean, it's a pure baseball news, not necessarily a fantasy news because, let's face it, he only had a few more innings left in him uh, for this year. But, Perry, I was truly, truly disappointed. Not the fact that I live in the New York area and, uh, or anything like that. I was truly disappointed that Matt Harvey is probably not going to play next year. He says he's he's going to be there the uh, the first game of the season, and I hope he is. We don't know how severe the tear is in his UCL. We hope it's not bad, so I hope he makes it. But, Perry, this is really bad news for baseball. It's bad news for the Mets, that's for sure. I mean, I have a few friends who are Mets fans, and they saw at least a little glimmer of hope with Matt Harvey. I mean, they were talking about cloning him. Um, but uh, I think... It, Anytime a young player who shows so much potential goes down, it's bad for baseball. So I don't know if if his uh, if his injury is greater than baseball, but it, it's a bad thing when anyone anybody goes down. Timmy, everybody wants to blame somebody, and you know, apparently Matt Harvey was complaining of a little tightness, nothing, no velocity, down tick at all. His stuff looked great. Tim, is there anybody to blame? I mean, his mechanics look clean. I mean, the fact is is. Did God make arms to be able to throw 97 miles an hour with off-speed pitches at 90 miles an hour? Uh, no, he didn't, Rich. I don't, I don't think there's anybody to blame in this set of circumstances. You know, if there was a serious concern that Harvey had, I'm, 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 I'm sure that he would have been shut down, the MRI machine would have been rented, and away you go. Uh, I, I don't think you can blame anybody. It happens. When you, when you look at the propensity... Uh, of, of pitchers that undergo Tommy John each and every year. Somebody quoted me a number that uh, a full one-third of the pitchers currently on Major League rosters have undergone Tommy John surgery. Isn't that amazing? It is, uh, Perry, and I think part of the, the uptick that we're seeing here is kind of the Mark Pryor model. It's these kids that are coming, they're big, they're strong, they're throwing upper 90s and with literally change-ups that are 89 miles an hour and, and, and sliders that are coming in at 88 miles an hour, 87 miles an hour. You didn't have that 15 years ago where people were hitting the low 90s. And I just wonder if the more torque on the arm, particularly with the off-speed pitches uh, at that higher velocity, I'm just wondering if that's just more damaging to the elbow. Seems like it is. It's, it's, it's a completely unnatural motion, but you'd think that if uh, maybe they took it 
easy in their early 20s. They would be able, their bodies would be able to handle it better in their late 20s, but that doesn't always seem to be the case either. I mean, you're, it's a, it's a risk. It's a risky uh, physical maneuver because you're throwing the ball ridiculously hard. And uh, I think that um, injuries are bound to happen. And uh, it's like running backs in football. They're just going to go down and you're going to have to find somebody else. Yeah, Timmy, I, I you know I, I know you must have been t- terribly disappointed, and um, Matt Harvey as well. Is is there anything from a fantasy player to particularly guys playing in dynasty league and leagues and um, and long term keeper leagues that we can learn from this? I mean, is it just that pitchers are still incredibly risky? Is that the only learning? Uh, I think so, Rich. Uh, you know, hey. When you start looking at, at young pitchers, uh, the risk factor is there. And I, I don't think there's a whole lot of anything to be learned because we've seen so many young pitchers uh, undergo Tommy John in the past 10 years. So, you know, it, it's it's a risk. And in a dynasty league, you're looking at probably value two years down the road. Uh, you won't be the only one who's going to lose a starting a young starting pitcher over the next two years. So take it with a grain of salt and move forward. The only thing I saw, uh, Tim, on Matt Harvey's delivery is he doesn't have great extension, so he does kind of recoil his arm a little bit. And I was watching Taiwan Walker on Friday night and saw this very similar delivery where it's a little bit upright. There's not a lot of momentum when he finishes off, and so all of that kinetic energy kind of gets called upright. And if you take a look at Taiwan Walker, He's got a very similar repertoire to uh, to Matt Harvey, an upper 90s fastball, uh, you know, a cutter that he throws. Uh, you know, he doesn't throw a slider, but he throws, uh, you know, a, a, a curveball that sits about set, uh, 77 miles an hour. I mean, and you kind of wonder when you see a guy like that watching a pitch okay, and I'm going, I wonder if he's going to have Tommy John surgery in the next couple of years. Well, let's face it, Rich. Based on the numbers, we're looking we're looking at roughly thirty thirty percent, right? So that's one in three. Uh, that's reasonable odds, isn't it? I think so. Uh, Perry, did you get a chance to see Tywan Walker throw his uh, first game victory against the Houston Astros at all? I didn't watch it, but uh, um, I would say that he's still facing AAA competition in the Astros, but it's, it's impressive nevertheless. I mean, he had 160 Ks and 140 innings in this year in, in minor leagues, and anyone who does that will pique my interest, and uh, I think he'll be pretty good. Okay, well, so Perry, let's talk about this year. We've got 30 days left. We have no idea how many more games Tywin Walker is going to pitch. It can't be many. You're out uh, putting your fat bid tonight. Maybe you're doing it in your FSWA leagues that you're, you you commission, you play, or you're recommending this to uh, your readers and anybody that you can talk to. Are you saying going all in on Taiwan Walker for tonight, for fab tonight? At this point, I would say sure. I mean, there's uh, you maybe get two, three starts out of him, but uh, it would be he's going to be as good as anybody else out there. So I think if you need starts and you need Ks, then he certainly should be worth uh, whatever fab money you have left. Wow, that's all in on uh, Taiwan Walker with Perry. Tim, I saw him at the top of your rotorob.com wire troll article. There was the beautiful face of Taiwan Walker. Are you telling everybody to go in? I'm telling people to go in, but realistically, 
He's got 100, 146 and a third in the books already. He's not going to be overworked. Uh, this is just a, a brief audition, Rich. And I, I think people have to be very cognizant of that when they're looking at spending their fab money this weekend. Hey, he's got all the talent in the world. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think I would be all in. I, I think uh, the people that should be happiest of all with this Walker promotion are the people that had him stashed for a buck <laughs> and have been waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, Tim, and that was you and I in a couple of leagues. In fact, I gave up on him. I, I just assumed he wasn't going to come up. My take is... I. I mean, I'm a huge Taiwan Walker fan. I've written about him, and I've talked about him at nauseum. He's not ready. His command still isn't there. Uh, he could get some strikeouts. Only had two against the Astros. You expect, I think, do you expect him to have more against the Astros since they pretty much swing at everything and miss? Uh, I think he gets two, maybe three starts, Tim, and I think they're league average. Yeah, I, I can. I agree with that, Rich. You know, you know hey, if you got some money uh, kicking around, yeah, sure, you, you can spend some, but. I, I just think uh, caution caution is going to be in the winds. You're not going to see Walker throw eight innings over five starts down the stretch. It just isn't going to happen. Uh, I agree. So, so, Perry, let's move on. Uh, I've been on, traveling all over the place in the next uh, ten weeks. I'm literally, I think, going to travel 45,000 miles on airplanes. And United has direct TV on their airplanes, which is totally awesome on certain ones. And now I've traveled so much, I know exactly which planes have on have have them on. So I got a chance to watch Miguel Cabrera uh, on Thursday coming back from California. And 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 Perry, it was sad. I mean, he looked worse <laughs> than Albert Pujols running. It it was painful. I mean, I I was actually cringing. I was uh, that that surefire double he hit. In fact, it should have been a triple for most people. I mean, he was literally walking around the bases and got thrown out. I mean, is it time for Leland just to rest Miguel Cabrera for the for at least a couple of weeks so he can get healed up? Probably. I don't, I don't think you've seen Albert Pujols run lately, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it, it's a tough situation because he's, he's such a sweet hitter. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to know what exactly to do because he's still crushing the ball. He just can't run the, the, the hits out. So I, I don't know. I mean, and he's in, he's in the, uh, running for a second triple crown. It's going to be really hard to tell him to sit for a few weeks. I, I was thinking that maybe they could uh, bench him, use him as a reserve in some games. So, and if the game is close, then they put him in as the designated hitter. If not, he could just sit out for the game. Um, but they they have to figure out some way to uh, reduce his stress so that when the playoffs come around next month, uh, he'll be ready. Hey, Timmy, I know. Uh... Fantasy owners are screaming at their iPods now as they're listening to this, going, "No, keep keep playing him." And Perry's right; he's got a sweet hit. I mean, he could if he could be a designated uh, hitter with somebody else running for him, that would be perfect because I think he can still hit. But Tim, man, this is for for the sake of the Detroit fans and the Detroit Tigers. They can't. They're they going to be thinking World Series. They can't be thinking Triple Crown or a few more wins here in September. They've made the playoffs, and, and, and unless they have a complete collapse, they're going to win the Central. Yeah, you know, even with the loss today, they're looking at a seven and a half game lead. I, you know, I, I watched. Uh, I watched the swings on that last at bat, and there is there's something happening with that rib cage uh, big time. You know. It, 
it, it's it's nice that you know us fantasy folks uh, need Miggy Cabrera in their lineup every day and producing. But the the reality of the situation is the real game of baseball definitely has to win up. They got, they've got to sit him uh, for at least a week or two weeks and and have him ready if need be for that final week of the season or two weeks of the season and heading into the playoffs. Right now they have the luxury of that lead and playing Miggy right now and taking a chance on hurting him even further and having him out of the playoffs to me is uh, ridiculous, Rich. I, I totally agree, Timmy. And I, you know, I, I saw they did a close up as he was rounding first base. Actually, from when he hit the ball, he was smiling, Tim, like, "Oh my God, I should be able to get the third base. I can't run." <laughs> He's like laughing. I mean, this is it was ugly, absolutely ugly. Yeah, totally, Rich. So, uh, Perry, a lot of deadline uh, trades happened over the last probably 72 hours, and uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates went crazy. Marlon Bird, the uh, Mets trade Marlon Bird to the Pirates. They got a nice little prospect in return, Dilson Herrera, which I think could be a solid regular shortstop second baseman. And they also uh, yesterday picked up Justin Morneau from the uh, Minnesota Twins. So smart moves by the Pittsburgh Pirates? Sure, why not? I mean, if teams are going to give away these uh, major league players for possible players down the road, why not pick them up? And it's not like the Pirate offense without Starling Marquette couldn't use a little extra juice. So I think uh, Bird and Morneau, sure, why? Why not? Yeah, Tim, is is it enough, I guess, for the Pirates? Does this make a difference, these two guys, or do they need pitching? I mean, Jeff Locke, I mean, he's gone. Ah, uh, yes, a tear wells in the corner of my eye, Rich. <laughs> Tim, Tim, I will bring him up every week until the end of the season. I just wanted to let you know that. So, uh... <laughs> Well, actually, I'm fairly relieved. I thought you were going to say until hell freezes over. <laughs> <laughs> Is it enough, Tim? Uh, you know, the thing I, 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 like, I like the best about this scenario is the fact that the Pirates – are buyers at the deadline? Can anybody actually remember the Pirates buying anything? And, you know, close to the deadline at that? Uh, I, I think both are solid acquisitions. And one of the things I, I like about Bird, and I, I was reading it somewhere, is that he's already taking the time to work with some of the younger Pirate hitters, uh, explaining tendencies, sharing some of the knowledge that he's gained over a full career. And I'm sure Morneau will be doing exactly the same thing. And having that experience and that veteran presence down the stretch has got to do nothing but good for Pittsburgh, Rich. Perry, I'm in an NL only. Am I putting everything down on Justin Morneau? Is he the big pickup in in an NL only league this week? I think he has to be. I mean, in NL only leagues, you're... Your uh, your pool of players is pretty shallow. So anytime you can get an impact player like Morno, who will who will play every day and give you some counting numbers, you gotta go all in on him. <laughs> I'm I'm all in on everybody. <laughs> yeah, Tywin Walker, Morno. What about uh, Marlon Bird? I guess he he doesn't switch leagues, Perry. But uh, it's an that's an interesting guy. He's already actually made an impact, hit a home run. I think he was two for four today again today. A lot of people forget that. Remember, Marlon Bird was actually suspended for PEDs last year. The thing I worry about Marlon Bird is I think he's prone to slumps because his his uh, walk to strikeout ratio is one to five. So he strikes out a lot. He doesn't take a lot of pitches. Maybe he should. Maybe the Reds should have traded for him so he could talk to Joey Votto. <laughs> <laughs> very very funny. Justin Morneau, Timmy. I don't know if you wrote about him. NL only. Is he the big pickup this weekend? 
Yeah, I think he has to be the big pickup, but there's a little concern. You know, he's definitely the big pickup, but there is Garrett Jones still sitting there, and I think Morneau's a smart pickup. I think he's going to get the majority of the at-bats, but Garrett Jones is still there, and he's going to get some playing time, Rich, so I don't think we are going to see a full, full-time Justin Morneau at first base. You bring up Garrett Jones, uh, Tim. Oh, sorry, Perry, you got something oh, to add? Yeah, I, I, I had a quick point. Uh, I read that Jones is going to play in left field until Marte comes back. So he's going to be, Morneau's going to be the full-time first baseman at least until Marte comes back. Oh, well, where's Bird going to play then? DH. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, Perry, where's Oops. where's Bird going to play? I mean, uh, is he the fourth outfielder? Uh, I think Jones is going to be the one who loses the most playing time. He's going to get spot starts in left field, and then Bird will play most of the time. Yeah, I agree with that, Timmy. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, there's going to be uh, there's going to be some major shuffling on a day to day basis. I think if you're in a league with daily transactions, you can make the most of that situation. But if you're in a weekly league, uh, you're going you're to have some moments where you're really going to hate the roster you submitted. So Timmy, if I'm uh, I've got Garrett Jones in my corner infield or a fifth outfield, I'm in a fairly deep league. Is it time to to just cut bait with him if I'm in a weekly league and just say I got to find somebody else? Uh, I, I'd stick with him depending on the options, Rich. It all depends on on what uh, what you could possibly plug in to replace him. Uh, you know, hey, if there's better options out there, yeah, go for it. But there might not be at this stage of the season. So, Perry, I owned uh, Garrett Jones in this uh, dynasty league that I had to take over a team. I know I've talked about it. People hate hearing about our teams. But this is this is a, a very interesting league where the great Marcus Potter is winning with 140 points. Out of a possible 150, the great Marcus Potter. You have any points I have in this league, uh, Perry? 139? I have 20. <laughs> I have 20. You get 10 points, right? Just to play, right? That's one point for the bottom. It's a rotisserie league. I've got 20 points in this league. That That is freaking embarrassing. Guess who is, is manning one of my outfield spots? Yes, Garrett Jones. He's one of my best players. <laughs> uh, well... One of your best players isn't going to get much playing time. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But you know, Rich, on a positive note, you don't need a calculator to add everything up, right? Oh, it's just, you know, the good news is, Tim, I can't get much worse. I mean, I, I only have another 10 points that I can lose, and I, 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 I can't even understand it. But, Perry, we talk about the great Marcus Potter, who I'm a huge fan of. Everybody knows that. And you, you told us as we were prepping for the show that uh, with the FSWA, which is the Fantasy Sports Writer Association, you're managing and commissioning a lot of football leagues. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if you listened last week. I was really excited about this fantasy football draft I had on Monday. It was Marcus's friend league, so he has all of his actors, you know, Robert De Niro's in it, you know, all these big guys, right? It's with Yahoo, it's $50 to get in, $100 to get in. It's marginal money to kind of get into it. So I had the number one pick. I was all excited. So the the bells, you know, on Yahoo, it goes three, two, one. You get all excited. I said, well, I better go take a look and make sure Adrian Peterson is not injured. So as I'm flipping over looking on Roto World, I hear that my time's almost up. Like a holy cow. So I flip back over and I pick Adrian Peterson. Perry, he had the time set for 30 seconds. 
30 seconds <laughs> to make a selection. Now, I, I timed this. The entire draft took 38 minutes. 38 minutes. Now, they always say, Perry, that the most fun time you have in all of fantasy sports is the draft. You can't have any fun when it's 38 minutes. You can't write any trash <laughs> talk. In, in the tra- I mean, what is this? Uh, I think it all boils down to Bob De Niro being a busy guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling uh, 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 Timmy. I'm calling uh, Marcus out on this. If he's in the interactive chat room, he needs to come on and defend himself. This is indefensible. You know what he said? Although I didn't change anything from last year, guys. Well, how about checking the, <laughs> the, the settings before the draft starts? And if Yahoo, you can't change the time during the middle of the draft. I mean, what is this? Yeah, how many roster spots did you have to fill in that league, Rich? It was, I don't know, standard, I don't know, 17, literally by the fifth round. No one knew what the heck they were doing, and the thing was going so fast. I was, I honestly, it was embarrassing. I really put it on auto-draft. I said, just pick a guy. I, I don't even know anymore. I can't even do this. Well, if you got 17, Rich, I think the way you have to really look at this is that it was probably, at 30 seconds a pick, it was probably the best five minutes and 10 seconds of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly had a couple guys, Tim, that were on the pub list, you know, the, the players are not going to play. Just, I, I mean, I, I didn't know. I mean, I, I'm not prepared for this. I mean, Perry tweeted out that you can actually, you can be experts in both baseball and football because football is easy. Perry, I, I mean, when you don't study it at all, you have no idea what's going on in 30 seconds a pick. Come on. Uh, well, we'll see how your team does. If they go undefeated, <laughs> then you can uh, write back to me. <laughs> Sorry about the uh, the personal tirade there, Timmy. But you know, but, hey, it, it, it's it, it, I see Derek Barton's playing full time now, first base. I, <laughs> I I could have done a rant on that. Well, yeah, you know, hey, you're you're entitled to your rants, Rich. I know what you're saying though, because I still think that RG three is a character in Star Trek. <laughs> or Star very, Wars. Very funny. Very funny. In fact, I was reading your article today, and uh, you had something about goings, and it's a uh, once you get the goings, the goings. What did you say, Tim? Ah uh, yes, I was abusing abusing the English language again, Rich. Let me see how did I how did I put that? Oh, uh, when the going's good, you got to get goings. <laughs> and 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 Perry uh, Rob, who is his editor, wrote in there. We're leaving this as is, just so you see what we have to put up with. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> and for some reason, Rob doesn't like uh, uh, Tim's puns. I don't. I never quite understood it, but uh, you know, puns are good. But Tim's, I'm going to give Tim, Tim, usually nine out of his ten puns are good. It's that tenth one that you just go, oh, really, Tim? That was pretty bad, Tim. Well, yeah, but you, you know what? It's, it's my personal opportunity to torment my editor. He hates them big time. <laughs> and uh, if I didn't take advantage of knowing that and utilizing that, uh, I, I'd be really wasting a talent. And I think it's important that all writers take the time to torment their editors, Rich. I, I think it's a goal we should have. Absolutely. Hey, I think we were talking about the Pirates and Justin Morneau. I thank Marlon Bird. I'll have to go back and listen to make sure I got the transition right. So, Timmy, uh, Alex Presley was traded actually for Justin Morneau. Sneaky pickup for uh, AL only league guys? Um, yeah, I don't know if he's a sneaky pickup. Uh when you look at who's going to be hitting behind him in that lineup, especially with Morneau out, uh, even if his on-base numbers are off the charts, is he going to score any runs? Yeah, but Tim, you always say it's about playing time. I think he's going to get the playing time, right? Uh, yeah, I should qualify that. Pl- playing time <laughs> with opportunities, Rich? <laughs> okay. What about you with Alex Presley? Uh, uh, Perry, interested at all? 
not really. Uh, playing time minus Alex Presley equals good things. <laughs> okay. Mike Morsey actually goes to the Orioles from the Mariners. Uh, Perry, you talk about playing time. It sounds like primarily played against lefties, which isn't good. So uh, your thoughts on Mike Morsey? Well, he is. He was good the last time he was in the D.C. area, so maybe being near the nation's capital will lead to good things. But you're right, his playing time is going to be limited, and he'll be uh, he'll be good in NL only leagues for sure, but probably not uh, commodity in mixed leagues. Timmy, your thoughts on on Morse? Um, I have absolutely none, except to mention, Rich, uh, a little bit off topic, but uh, our good good friend on the West Coast, uh, John, uh-huh. sent me sent me a t shirt, a Mariners t shirt that says, "May the Morris be with you." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that's about uh, all I have to say about Morrissey at this point in time. Yeah, so so Perry, I get confused because obviously I'm former musician, actually current musician, and Steve Morsey is actually the guitar player for Deep Purple, uh, took over years ago. And I never, I can't ever remember if it's Mike Morse or Mike Morsey after Steve Morsey. So uh, what is it, Mike Morse or Mike Morsey? Uh, I don't know how you pronounce his name, but I get him confused with the old lead singer of the Smiths, too. Oh, <laughs> Timmy, is it Mike Morsey or Mike Morse? Uh, I think it's Mike Morris, and I think it's Steve Morris, and I, I still love his work with the Dixie Dregs years ago, Rich. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, we are all over the place. Perry is Perry's disruptive, Tim. Well, that I is all know. Over it, it, you know, it, it's anarchy at its best, Rich. It really <laughs> okay. is. Jason Kubel is the last guy that uh, kind of got moved over the trading deadline. He goes uh, from the Diamondbacks to the Indians for cash and a player to be named later. I don't know if that player has been named yet or not, Tim. Jason Kubel. Um, I, I think it's got to help. Uh, they do have a, a DH position in the AL, and he's sliding back there. But uh, I, I think we've seen uh, the best out of uh, out of Kubel, and I, I'm not rushing. Uh, I'm not rushing to grab him in any formats, Rich. What about yourself, there, Perry? Jason Kubel. Uh, since the All Star break, Jason Kubel's hitting 137. So uh, maybe anything's <laughs> anything's up from there, but uh, I would leave him be. So, so Mainskin is uh, tearing up the interactive chat room. Tim, let's see what he's saying. He's always got good stuff to say. Liriano, an ace. He's sure is pitching like an ace this year. Yeah, he's had a few hiccups, but for the most part, yeah, he, he's pitching very well. The ace of that staff, though, wouldn't it be AJ Burnett? I got to think it's Liriano, Tim. I mean, the way he's been pitching. I mean, he's. I mean, he's had a couple of hiccups. In fact, a, a recent one. But man, the yep. guy is money. Yeah, I just don't know if uh, if it's enough money. Uh, as much as I don't like A.J. Burnett, I am happy with the way he's pitched. Yeah, I had Liriano in there. Uh, much like you, I'd really like to see uh, Tyon get a get a call towards the uh, towards uh, the end of the month and you know wheel his arm. I think Pittsburgh needs to find another pitcher somewhere. That's for sure because. You know, they struggled this weekend. Was it Johnson they wheeled out? Yeah, they they put out Johnson. He gave up like two and plus innings, uh, Perry, and seven or eight runs. It was ugly. After play, pitching two really good games, they played two great games against the Cardinals. Instead of putting out a stud like Tyon, they put out uh, Chris Johnson. Come on. Well, I guess they're saving Tyon. I don't know exactly what for. I mean, if you're going to go all out for Bird and um, Morneau, you might as well empty out your coffers and go for it this year. 
So I'm looking at uh, Francisco Liriano's uh, stat line here, Perry. I mean, I don't know what constituted constitutes an ace if this does. In 133 innings pitched, 135 strikeouts, 51 walks. He's given up five home runs. Five home runs. He's got a 2.57 ERA and a uh, 1.19 whip. I mean, that's flat-out money. Yeah, so Liri, who, would, who would have thought before the season that Liri, the Liriano-Burnett combo would be one of the best in the National League? Your thoughts, Tim? Well, mine are very simple. You say he's money, and I and I agree because if I remember correctly, in a steak and liquor affair a couple of years ago, he was money, and I thank you. <laughs> what I lost that bet. I forgot what it was, Tim. But I, I didn't lose that bet like in the last day of the season. Stupid Francisco Liriano. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jonathan Sanchez is a fantasy oh. god. He really is, Rich. I should have thought uh, I, I think that bet was over two games in, three games in. We need the end of the season. Come on. Yeah, I know. We, we should have done it over three years because where's Jonathan Sanchez now, Tim? Um, I don't Sanchez? know, but I'm, I'm hearing uh, he might be taking a flight to Japan in the near future. Is that sound about right? It does. Uh, Timmy, we talk about money, and Roy Holiday used to be money. Uh, and the first game back after his uh, injury, he, he looked like he was back to Roy Holiday, but we told everybody, be concerned about it because he's only throwing 87 miles an hour. Well, things didn't work out so well, Tim, on his last outing when he had five earned runs and five innings pitch, and he looked like the Roy Halladay before he went out on injury. Your thoughts, he's owned in tw- he started, not owned, Tim, started in 23% of CBS leagues. Yeah, there's 23% uh, of uh, teams in CBS that are living a dream, uh, Rich, uh, and it's not going to be a, a pretty dream at that. It's going to turn into a nightmare, as a matter of fact, would be my guess. Uh, I would seriously take a look at your waiver wire and see if you can find anything that might be a valuable, uh, you know, option. Even, you know, a guy like Estrada, even who's going to ge- generate high K rates for you. Give it, uh, give the wire a search because I don't think Doc is going to be your answer down the stretch. So, so Perry, what do you tell uh, fantasy owners when and they go out to the waiver wire and they see a guy named Roy, like Roy Holiday sitting there and they go, wow, Roy Holiday. I mean, he's Roy Holiday. I've got to have him on my team. I mean, we all kind of have that emotional attachment because remember him leading us to, to league titles, et cetera. I mean, how do you guard against that emotional pickup versus being a little bit more logical and picking up a Marco Estrada that some fantasy owners probably have never even heard of? You don't look at the name. I mean, you just look at the numbers because the name will have emotional ties, but we're not looking into names. This isn't baseball cards. We're looking at uh, numbers. So you can't, you can't even almost, you almost have to ignore the name, and especially for Halliday because it's kind of <laughs> a sad reminder of how age catches up with all of us. I think that's a brilliant comment there, uh, Timmy. You, you you just ignore the name, but I guess there's no none of the services allow you to blank out the name, so you always see the name and you have that. Wow, Ray Halliday. Yeah, what you do is you sit uh, at your draft next spring, okay, with a cold bucket of water, and every time you see Holiday's name and you think, hey, there might be a resurgence. Dunk your head in it, okay? Wake up and smell the coffee. And stay away from Derek Jeter as well. Uh, we all know uh, what direction that's heading in, Rich. Yeah, it looks like Perry just dropped off. Hopefully he'll join us back. Uh, I don't think we said anything offensive, did we, Tim? Um, I don't know, Rich, but uh, hey, 
Yeah, you know, it's probably just the phone service they have in the south. Eh? <laughs> there you go, Tim. There you go, Tim. I I I hate to bring up this player. I, I really do. Um, okay. But Jeff Locke was demoted. Now, Tim, I, I put the word mercifully in our uh, in our uh, notes, and I don't mean that as a dig towards you. It was it was brutal. Yeah, it, it was totally brutal, Rich. So, something something had to happen. You know, he, he's been allowing too many walks for a, a long time now, and it just simply finally caught up with him. Uh, you know, the run is done, and uh, I liked your response to my tweet last week when I mentioned I still could uh, be in the steak and liquor race if we count double-A stats, but you advised <laughs> me very quickly that wasn't going to happen. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen, Tim. I'm not even sure to get double-A pitchers out, uh, batters out at the moment. But, Tim, the, the spin I'd like to have on this he was an all-star, Tim. He was an all-star. He had two really, really good months. And I ask you the question, when it's time next year for all-star voting and we see this person that comes out of nowhere, has two really great months, shouldn't an all-star really be over the course of several years as opposed to a guy who's had two solid months? Well, I think there's a place for both in the game, Rich. I think one of the things, you know, we, we live in an age of instant information, uh, instant gratification. Everything is there at our fingertips. And I think it's important that we honor players that are having a good first half. You know, I, I, I really think Puig, uh, you know, we players like Puig, you look at Locke, you know, heading into the All-Star break, he was 8-2 and two with a 2.15 ERA. You know, that's off the charts good. So I, I think there's a place in the game for these younger players, and they should be showcased. That's the, uh, that's the place for them. And, you know, when you look at it, the other option is possibly do you take and throw a veteran player who's having a terrible year? Do you throw him into the game simply because he's had three of the four solid years before this year, Rich? You know, well, what do the fans want to see? And it is the fan showcase, isn't it? It is, I and mean, that's a really great point. I mean, uh, uh, you know, do you do you put? I, I can't think of a guy offhand in terms of has, who had a lousy first half of the year, but it's had a really. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm constant, but maybe Josh Hamilton. How about Josh Hamilton, a guy who has been a perennial all star and has right. been really good, and and he stunk up the joint. Well, yeah, you know, do the fans want to see. You uh, see Puig, or do they want to see Josh Josh Hamilton at the All Star break? I think there's got to be a place in the game for for both, Rich. And you know, uh, the one thing that could lead to uh, a, a real problem is if you started isolating only veteran players, because I think it would even lead to more disinterest in the game than we already see. Yeah, I agree with you, uh, Tim. The only thing I would comment on Yasiel Puig, I mean, he was clearly a top prospect coming into. Uh, into this year, I kind of would like to see, like last year, Bryce Harper and Mike Trout. I mean, these guys that are really well thought of coming into the game, as opposed to Jeff Locke, who pretty much was an also ran. People had forgotten about him. Uh, mm-hmm. So if somebody's going to be thrown in there, a little unproven, I'd rather go with the top prospects as opposed to somebody like Jeff Locke. Yeah, and I, I can't disagree with you, Rich, not at all. But the other thing that complicates this whole procedure is we have a we have a World Series uh, advantage riding on a game where fans elect players. Uh, I really think Mr. Selig has to review that whole scenario and make some changes because I think it's ridiculous that a team could win the World Series based on the criteria that's established for an All-Star game. Ridiculous. Perry, you're back on. We're talking about uh, Jeff Locke 
an all-star, is it appropriate for a guy who's had two solid, great months of production, which is what Jeff Locke had, to become an all-star? Or do you need to prove that a little longer? Well, I think it's appropriate. I mean, he, he was one of the best pitchers in baseball in the first half. Um, what I wonder about the All-Star game is why don't the stats count for fantasy games? If they're going to count for regular games, why shouldn't they count oh, wow. for fantasy Wow, this is why Perry's uh, Lord and Master of the FSWA he comes up with this very provocative <laughs> question there, Tim. I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, it is. The only problem is, uh, what do you do with uh, what do you do with the pitching stats? Who gets the win? Is it, is it the fifth pitcher that happens to pitch at the time when his team <laughs> takes? You know, because your starters are only going two innings, right? So they don't qualify based on the rules of the game. Or do we go with the rules of the game as they are associated with the All Star game, which are different from the regular game? Well, you know how I feel about wins, Tim. So <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I'll just uh, go against that question. But I think. Um, if, if a pitcher is fortunate to be in there in the fifth inning and one win isn't going to make a huge difference in fantasy leagues, uh, they should get that uh, that win. Or if they want to give it to Mariano Rivera every year, that's fine too. Perry, in the interactive chat room, a question from Roto Radio is, is Hanley Ramirez a first-round pick next year? The great Tim McLeod says yes. What do you think? Wow. Um, I, I would guess that they'll be – 12 or 15 players that I would take ahead of Hanley Ramirez. He's certainly putting up first-round numbers this year, but I think based on his track record of the last couple years, I'd be a little hesitant to put him in the first round. Tim, we will uh, do our first uh, first draft, at least the first three rounds, probably around October 1st, around that time frame. But why, why do you say yes for Hanley Ramirez's first round? Well, if you take a look at, at what Hanley's done when he's been healthy this year, are there any better shortstops in the game? When you look at the at, at position scarcity, shortstop carries a huge weight. You got Hanley, you got Tulo, and after that, what what do you really have, Rich? I I think somebody will look to shore up the middle infield, and Hanley is going to be going to be one of the picks that shores up uh, that middle infield. So, I I think he's going to go somewhere around the wheel pick in a twelve team, somewhere you know, thirteen, fourteen, you know, in a fifteen team. I I just don't see a shortstop with his talent, even though he has struggled the past couple of years. I just don't see him sitting around very long next year at all, Richard. That's interesting. I was trying to bring up Hanley Ramirez's uh, batting average of balls in play. My guess is it's sky high because, I mean, his strikeouts are okay. His walk rate is okay. But, uh, I mean, he's I mean his stat line is ridiculous. Tim, 250 at-bats, he's hit 15 home runs. I mean, that's absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. His batting average of balls in play is three sixty four. So it's very, very high. So his adjusted batting average is more like 300 as opposed to 340. But Tim, that's still great. Well, yeah, especially when you start looking at uh, looking at his position. Uh, the guy that I think in, in the shortstop uh, position is going to take the biggest jump uh, from this year to next has got to be John Segura, Segura in Milwaukee. Uh, you know, if, I, I can't see him getting much past what third, fourth round, Rich. I totally agree, Tim. Absolutely. Hey, speaking of the motions, uh, Timmy, Jeremy Hollickson gets demoted. He's been absolutely brutal. His ERAs are all all the way up to 5.21. 
you know, it's interesting. I went back and took a look at uh, all the Sabre metrics, and if you take a look, since he's been in the league, Tim, he's been a league average uh, pitcher with a 440 ERA, but he's always pitched a lot better than that. It looks like things are just catching up to him because he's not a power guy. He's not a control guy. He's a guy that pitches to contact with a great sinker, and if that sinker's not working, he's very hittable. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, a huge disappointment. Uh, I owned Hellickson in a lot of leagues uh, this year. Uh, keyword being owned, past tense. Uh, yeah, he had himself. Uh, he's had himself a rough year, but I, I think he's a far better pitcher than w- what we've seen this year, Rich. You know, I don't think he's as good as his past has demonstrated. He's not as bad as this year. He's somewhere in between. I think uh, fits about right. So, so, Timmy, uh, you're in a dynasty league, you're in a uh, long-term keeper league, and you got uh, Hellickson on there. Is he a guy that you're trying to go snatch up from somebody, thinking that next year he's going to kind of come back to being Jeremy Hellickson, or is this a guy that you're trying to sell? What do you think of him long-term? Long-term, I think he's going to be a solid number three, four, and I would be looking at it as a buying opportunity, Rich. I think he's, you know, he's demonstrated in the past he's capable of putting up solid numbers, so I'm willing to gamble based on, of course, what the price of that gamble is. Perry, what are your thoughts on Jeremy Hellickson going forward? I think I pretty much agree with Tim, but I, I would try and lowball an owner, but I wouldn't give even uh, an even trade for Hellickson based on that he's in the minors now and he's been sort of shaky. He is only 26 years old, so there's probably, and he has a has had a pretty good picture of health, so there's a good chance he uh, rebounds next year, but I wouldn't, uh, he's not someone I would particularly target. I, I think Tim's uh, thought of a number three and number four is perfect. He is what he is, and if you expect him to be more than that, I wouldn't. I would expect him to be slightly better than league average, and uh, if you get something better than that, good for you, Tim. If you don't, well, that's what you can expect. So, I mean, it's funny because sometimes fantasy owners, all they want are guys that have a sub-325 ERA, uh, 180 strikeouts, and if you're playing in a 15-team league or even a 12-team league, guess what? There's not enough pitchers to go around that's going to get you that kind of stat line. No, what you've got to be looking for, Rich, is you, you've got to be looking for one or two of those guys, definitely. But what you've got to be looking for is guys in the latter rounds. Uh, let me see, what's his name? Corbin in, in Arizona. You've got to be looking at guys that have the potential upside to generate those numbers. And that's where the research, the homework, you know, breaking down all the peripherals, that's where that comes into play, and it's it's not going to be your top two, three guys generally as a rule that will be the difference makers. It's going to be the guys at the back end of the draft that you've done your homework on and return those huge paybacks. Now, Tim, a true shill would have said in listening to the Sunday Night Fantasy Baseball talk with Rich and Tim. Well, that, I, that's a given. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Perry, the There's kids not are even coming. An assume in that one, Rich. Okay. <laughs> Harry, the kids are coming. The kids are coming. Uh, September 1st marks the day that we can have September call-ups where rosters are expanded. I actually don't know how, how far they're expanded, but usually you get you know somewhere between 7 and 12 uh, guys that are called up. Uh, and the guy at the top of the list, it's got to be at the top of the list, is Billy Hamilton is coming up with your Cincinnati Reds. Um, outfielder has probably got shortstop eligibility in most leagues. Uh, uh, he could steal a ton of bases. So I got an over-under for you, um, Perry. Eight stolen bases the rest of the season. Over-under for Billy Hamilton. 
I am going to go with the under on this one because I don't think he, he'll get some pinch running opportunities and he'll get some pinch hitting opportunities, but I don't think he's going to get regular playing time. And I, I don't think that he'll get enough uh, opportunities to steal that many bases. I, I, I got the over way over, Tim. I, I think he's going to be a pinch runner with a chance to steal a base every game. Um, I've got him pegged for 13-14, which is about the number of times I think he'll be on base. And every time he gets on base, he's going to put it into overdrive, and he's going to he's going to he's going to attempt to steal second, third, wherever he's inserted into the into the lineup. So, uh, I think it depends on how many times he's actually on base, and I think it'll be 13-14. And I think he's going to steal a base every single opportunity he's on base, Rich. Yeah, Perry, your, your your analysis is spot on in terms of playing time and all that kind of stuff. But I have to ask you the question, have you seen Billy Hamilton play? I haven't seen him play, but I was just uh, thinking about this. Has Have you ever seen a study of how uh, stolen base rates translate from the minor leagues to the major leagues? Are they usually pretty equivalent to speed is speed? Yeah, speed is speed. I mean, obviously you need to have good instincts and, and sometimes, well, uh, gr- a great example was um, was Martin in uh, Texas. I mean, he had a terrible stolen base rate in the minor leagues. Clearly, top flight uh, speed, he finally learned how to steal bases this year. But the reason I asked the question on Billy Hamilton, uh, Perry, and it was not just to, to be uh, provocative, but I'm telling you, Billy Hamilton it is the fastest guy I've ever seen. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. I mean, he is ridiculously fast. Like I, I don't know how he gets thrown out at all. And apparently he's been working on stealing bases this year. And apparently his stolen caught stealing is down to 15. So he's 75 up and 15 down. I mean, this is crazy speed. Yeah, I had the opportunity, as did you, Rich. Remember, uh, remember last year uh, when we saw him in uh, in Arizona. And he he bunted the ball and turned a bunt into a triple. Uh, <laughs> I sat there shaking my head. I, I couldn't believe what I what I just seen. He's got he's got speed, and then he's got overdrive. And on top of that, he's got that cocky attitude. Like he he stood at third base, taunting the pitcher, taking two steps, taking three steps, backing up, false steps. Uh, this kid's the real deal. I I, I can't. I can't imagine how anybody uh, could be humanly faster than Billy Hamilton on the bases, Rich. So from the left side, Perry, you you sit there and uh, you grade speed, and it's the 2080 scale. So a left-handed batter is 3.9, a right-handed batter is 4 seconds to get the first base. That's how you determine pure raw speed. That's how scouting is done. Billy Hamilton is 3.435 from the left side. (laughs) That's the kind of speed. And then when he gets moving, I mean, it, it, wait till you see this guy. It is the most remarkable thing you've ever seen. I, he, he flies. He literally is is flying around the bases, and he's going to turn. He's going to turn singles. Uh, he's going to turn like a a a, 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 a ground out out to uh, to right field, and to him going from first to third or first to home. I mean, it's going to be insane. How many catchers, Rich, have the arm strength to actually, with his speed, throw him out at second, assuming he gets a, he gets a decent jump? I don't think there's too many. I think you're right. I mean, it, it's going to it's going to be uh, you know if you're in a tight game, Tim, and let's say uh, somebody walks, let's say Joey Votto walks. I mean, I, you could actually see somebody like Billy Hamilton coming in for anybody who walks in eighth or ninth inning, him taking first base and then wreaking havoc. 
Well, yeah, you know, hey, he he could go uh, he could go in a one out situation. He could go from first to third and score on a fly ball, and you've got a tie game. Absolutely. Well, we could talk uh, the rest of the, the, the show on Billy Hamilton, but guys, if you're in a fantasy league, if he is out there on the waiver wire, I'm telling you, Tim, I'd be putting, and I needed stolen bases, I'd be putting everything on Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I I agree. Nick Castellanos, Tim, uh, Detroit, looks like he's probably going to play outfield. He might play third base, depending on if Miguel Cabrera is out for any significant period of time. Top prospect for the Detroit Tigers. Has just had an okay year this year. I think he's just an okay player. I know people in Detroit are going absolutely nuts that he's finally been called up. Yeah, I think I think what uh, what they have to look at in Detroit is, you know, that team's still still in a bit of a playoff uh, race. They're seven and a half games up. Uh, I like Castellanos, but I, I, I'm not going right uh, right gaga over him. And I think for the next couple of weeks, I think we might see limited playing time. I think now is the time to grab him, and I think the bulk of his playing time is possibly going to be in the third and fourth weeks of September. Once they uh, once they clinch, then I think you'll see more at bats. But I don't think he's a full time player for the next couple of weeks, Rich. A couple other guys have been recalled, uh, Perry. Uh, Mike Zanino, I think he comes up Monday or Tuesday, catcher for your Seattle Mariners. And D. Gordon, once again, is back up. If I'm looking for speed, is D. Gordon a guy that I look at, given that the Dodgers are probably going to clinch sometime around the middle of September? Sure. He's, he, he showed himself to be fairly quick uh, without uh, being able to get to first base as well. Um, so he'll he'll probably get some playing time down the stretch. Uh, I just wanted to note that uh, ESPN on their standings, they do playoff odds, and uh, the Tigers are a 99.5% chance to make the playoffs. So I, I don't think they have to worry too much down the stretch, which is went, what some people said last year, I know. but uh, I would think so. Timmy, D. Gordon and also Jamel Weeks is coming back up for Oakland, who Oakland hates Jamel Weeks. They hate him, Tim. They've promoted everybody over Jamel Weeks. Any of these guys provide stolen base opportunities? Well, yeah, uh, limit, limited at best. I wouldn't be chasing either one, and I agree on Weeks. You know, hey, they've had Sogard at second base almost all year, and Sogard's done very well, but if you go back a year or two ago, I don't think Sogard was really uh, really in the picture, especially when you compare him to Jamile Weeks. Uh, I, my guess is that Weeks has something in his contract that guarantees him a call-up in September, Rich. One of our listeners, Tim, sent a great email to, to me, and I swore it over to you and Perry. I'm going to read it, and I'd like your thoughts on, on this. I thought it was advanced. It actually might have been left on my site, Prospect 361, whereas people send me emails and, and comments all day long in terms of what they should do. But it's a great question, Tim. And it starts off, here's my dilemma. I'm in a tight race in my NL-only pool. I lost Hayward. I lost Marte. So I need to fill in my spots, but don't have much money left. Gaddis just got sent down, which is pretty shocking, Tim. So mm-hmm. do I put my money in one basket and now and try and pick up more? No. Or do I pick up a couple of cheaper players available like Bernardina, Tyler Moore, Dudoff, Raymond Fuentes, and then wait on September call-ups like Chris Owens and such? If you say quantity of these players, how would you rank them? So we won't do that, Tim. But your thought on a strategy, do you go all in with a Justin Morneau, or do you try to spread it off with a couple of other players and maybe some of these call-ups? 
I think I'd probably be all in on Morneau just because I think it's the safer play. When you start spreading your money around, especially with September call-ups, do you really know what you're getting, Rich? There's a lot of question marks in there, and and you could be looking at a situation where you you get a couple players that end up with 10, 15 at-bats. You've got uh, extremely good odds that Morneau gets a sufficient number of at-bats. So I, I say lay your eggs in that basket and uh, move forward with the most certain of certain things under those circumstances. What do you think, Perry? All in or more now, or do you spread the wealth out a bunch uh, among a bunch of other guys and hope one of them catches fire? Well, by now you know me. I go all in on everybody. So I would <laughs> definitely go on more no. I think um, if you're allowed zero bids in your uh, league like we are in the FSWA, you can put all your chips in on more no and then try and filter in some very small bids on some of these other players, which is uh, what they're worth. And in terms of fantasy, I always say quality over quantity. This is what I said, gentlemen, So, uh, and I'm always worried, Tim, because you're the expert. You're the guy that's uh, – you're Mr. Tout and all this, and I, who am I? Just a prospect <laughs> hound. So I said, I guess a, I'm guessing a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush here, so I would go for more no. I'll bring this up on tomorrow's show and see what the boys think. So, Tim, I agree with both of you guys. Well, excellent. Yeah, but how did uh, how did Marlon Bird work into that discussion? <laughs> it never ends, does it, Tim? <laughs> never ends, never. Okay. Let's get to a couple of hot players, and we'll, we'll wind up with um, uh, some uh, uh, two-start pitchers. Uh, Timmy, Brandon Moss, seven home runs and 14 RBIs and a three thirty average in the last two weeks. He's up to 24, 25 home runs. My question to you, is this Josh Reddick part due all over again, or is this guy really the real deal? Uh, my answer is 120 strikeouts in 385 at-bats. Yes, he can hit the ball a long way. When you're looking at a guy that over the course of a full season and could approach 200 strikeouts, uh, there's problems coming, Rich. All power, no average. I don't think it's sustainable long-term, no. Wow. So Tim's no on Brandon Moss being sustainable. What do you think, Perry? I agree with Tim. It's not sustainable. I just want to know how amazing the A's are for finding these guys uh, who come through with a season of 25 home runs here and there and um, I'm just amazed that the A's can do this season after season, finding those uh, those players left in the cracks. It's pretty amazing. I I, th- I think the A's are going down. I'm gonna tell you why, Perry. I I, I love the Oakland A's. I love the the the, the uh, people who live in Oakland, California. But when you move Brandon Moss <laughs> to right field and play Derek Bark, D E R E K, I don't understand this, Perry. Uh, I can't explain the A's strategy either, but I, I'm still amazed that they're in the playoff race year after year, so I will not retract my statement. And I, too, love the people of Oakland. <laughs> there you go. Tim, Rich, do you understand his name wrong again. What do you, what's uh, up with that? I refuse to spell it the trendy way. Uh, Timmy, Dustin Ackley, he wrote him up in your Rotorop uh, article, two home runs and a stolen basis, 476. Now, Dustin Ackley, everybody thought he could hit. Uh, he has struggled as a major league player. We're finally starting to see the Dustin Ackley that everybody thought when he was drafted a few years ago. Yeah, I think we are, but uh, let's face it, he is not a 400 batting average sort of guy, Rich. He's a you know, line drives, uh, gap hitter. 
Uh, I, I think what we have is what we predicted, I think it was two years ago, a guy that's capable of 10 to 12 homers, 10 to 12 stolen bases, a decent batting average, and probably uh, a solid number two hitter. Temper your expectations, though. He is not the second coming. Perry, uh, this is a very difficult uh, conversation we're going to have because I'm going to ask you to pick between Dustin Ackley and Jose Altuve for the rest of the year. Let's face it, Jose Altuve has been bad. The second half is uh, last month. He's been batting 198, 233 since the All-Star break. His contact is okay. His batting average of balls and play is a little down, but I'm a little concerned. So my question for you the rest of the way, Dustin Ackley or Jose Altuve? Well, since I want to come back on the podcast at some future date, I'm going to say Jose Altuve. I, I think I think the problem with him is he's one of these little guys, and they tend to wear down during the season. I think if he gets a week, maybe just a couple of days off, he should be fine. And I'd rather have Altuve than Ackley, who has proven himself to be pretty average. Timmy, I don't know. The last la- I'm not sure the last time Al- Jose Altuve had a stolen base, but he's been sitting on 30 for an awful long time. He did get, I think, three doubles today, so maybe starting to bounce out of it a little bit. First of all, you worried about Jose Altuve at all this year or, or the coming years? And Dustin Ackley versus Jose Altuve. No, I'm not really worried about Altuve. I, I think he is what he is. This year, unfortunately, he came up a bit short. But uh, I think moving forward, uh, yeah, I think just, he'll... it never ends, does it? Tim? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was too easy, Rich. But no, I think I, th- I think Altuve is going to be a good player. I, I don't think he'll ever be a superstar, but I think he'll be an asset. When you look at what's going on and happening in Houston right now, with people being shuffled in, out, left, right, center, uh, it's, uh, I'm not surprised at the results we've seen this year. It's been a tough year. Uh, moving forward, I'm not going to be a coward uh, like my other uh, uh, gentleman uh, from Louisiana. I'm going to go with Ackley. I, I just don't see Altuve returning huge value down the stretch with everything that's going on in Houston. So I'm going to gamble and take Ackley and hope I still have a job in two weeks. A little excellent. <laughs> Tim is gone. <laughs> uh, I've got to tell you, I'm a little concerned about Altuve. I'd still probably rather honor because I think the, the stolen base upside is there. But, I mean, Dustin Ackley, Tim, can flat out hit. Uh, and it's just maybe taking a little bit of time to get adjusted to the major leagues. Yeah, I think one of the problems with Ackley, and it's something that I know uh, you and I and Tony, we discussed it uh, a couple of years back, I think people set the bar too high, too high initially. I think he's going to be a good player, but when people set, especially with young players, when people set expect, you know, make their expectations uh, high, sometimes it leads to disappointment. Sometimes it takes some time for these young players to acclimatize themselves and adapt to the game. And I think Ackley's a perfect example of that. Uh, set the bar at a reasonable level, and he's definitely on my sleeper list for next spring, Rich. Um, Perry, let's give you another tough one. Matt Dominguez, uh, four home runs, three twelve batting average the last four uh, uh, last two weeks. Excuse me. Who would you rather own, Matt Dominguez? or Mike Moustakas for the rest of the year? Um, I'd rather own the Astro again in this case, and I'm not so sure that next year I wouldn't rather mm. have Dominguez over Moustakas, because wow. what has Mike Moustakas done for me? Wow. Strong words from Perry Misner there. Mm-hmm. Mike Moustakas, Matt Dominguez over Mike Moustakas. Who would have thought that two years ago, Timmy? 
Uh, nobody, uh, Rich. Absolutely nobody, because the book on Dominguez was all glove, no stick. And this year, we're actually seeing a little, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of bad out of him. So, yeah, I think I would probably, at this stage of the game, go Dominguez over Mustakas as well. Even for next year as well. Even for next year, because I think what you've what you've gotten, where you're going to draft Dominguez next year, what are you going to really pay for this guy? People are going to take a look at that 240 batting average, and you know he's going to he's going to hit what maybe maybe 18, 20 home runs, whatever that total finally ends up being, and they will take a chance. People will take a chance on Mustakas before they will on Dominguez. I'd rather wait and invest nothing basically in Dominguez uh, as a lighter round pick. Timmy, uh, Mike Mustakas has tremendous raw power. He has 10 home runs this year. Uh, yeah, that doesn't translate to tra- tremendous power, does it, uh, so far this year, Rich? I said raw what, power. What, what, I, didn't, I didn't say in-game power. I said raw power. He looks really good in batting practice, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the problem, Rich? What, what has happened to Mike Mustakas? I don't know. Uh, Tim- yeah, I mean his his power is off, and he's still making good contact. I, I got to mm-hmm. analyze the, uh, the the his his bat when he was coming up through the minors, and this was a can't miss kind of twenty five oh, yeah. home run power guy. And I I saw him a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to his swing, but uh, maybe it was an Eric Hosmer type of thing where it finally took uh, Eric Hosmer a couple of years to figure it out. Maybe. Uh, Brett needs to come back and spend some time with him. Tim, I don't know, but there's definitely something that's wrong. You shouldn't have 10 home runs for Mike Moustakas. No, wasn't he a higher-rated uh, prospect than Myers uh, going up through the system, Rich? Uh, Will Myers? Uh, you know, it's funny because they were different ages. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, Will Myers probably passed. Well, yeah, Mike Moustakas was probably higher the whole time they were there. But uh, Mike Moustakas probably peaked at like 20, and Mike and, and Will Myers peaked at 1, 2, or 3. So I think okay. in the end, of year for year, it was probably Will Myers was a better prospect. But when they were both in the Kansas City system, it was definitely Moustakas over Myers. Mm. Batting average of balls in play is a little off for uh, Mustakas. He's down around 250, uh, making great contact, 84%. Uh, um, his uh, walk rate is 7%. You know, it's his um, his home run to fly ball ratio is sitting at 7%. Tim, with that kind of power, you should be have a higher uh, home run to fly ball percentage. Yes, you would think so. Speaking of home run to fly ball percentages, Tim, Giancarlo Stanton, four home runs and 33, uh, a 333 batting average over the last two weeks. But i got to tell you, I mean, it's been a bit of a lost season for Stanton. He's been hurt. He's only got 320 at-bats, but he also has only 17 home runs. He might have gotten one more this weekend. My question for you is, can he ever really be a valuable contributor playing for the Marlins, given the park, given the fact that Besides Christian Yelich, there's really nobody down there who's, who's who's going to be able to provide anybody getting on base. Well, uh, you know, I think one of the problems with Stanton is that he is at one level, and the rest of the team, for the most part, is at a completely different uh, level. I think maybe two years down the road, yeah, Stanton, Stanton, and that group of kids uh, will mesh. The problem is, will Stanton be around at that point in time? I don't think he wants to be in Miami. And uh, personally, I believe the best option is for Miami to trade him at this stage of the game and and move on. There's just a, a significant gap between the development curve of the bulk of the players in that organization and where Stanton's at. And it's sort of a waste and a shame, isn't it, Rich? 
I think it is, Tim, but I, I want to go back to the fantasy contributor. So this is a guy that went, what, second round, early second round this year? Next year you're drafting, I mean, and he's still with the Miami Marlins. I mean, where do you draft a guy like this? Uh, I don't. Uh, I'm not willing to take the chance, I don't think, on uh, either Giancarlos or Mike Stanton next year because, let's face it, he is going to go in the top three, in the first three rounds, guaranteed of your draft. Uh, is it worth taking that sort of sort of a gamble when there are other power bats out there that I believe are safer picks? So I'm I'm just going to be totally staying away from Giancarlo Stanton next year, Rich. Terry, there's no denying the raw power. There's no denying the physique. There's I mean the guy is going to be a stud, but I worry can it ever happen in Miami? Well, he, he's limited by his home park and his home team, but if there's a chance that he's going to hit 35 homers again, I think he's he'll be a good pick at the end of the third round. Now, I'm wondering what you two guys think of uh, – which who do you think will go first next year, Stanton or Jay Bruce? I know I'd rather have Jay Bruce. I think I'm going to take Jay Bruce in front of uh, Giancarlo Stanton. I, I know I have him in a couple leagues, Tim, and those leagues I've made a major comeback in the second half based on Jay Bruce. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I think Jay Bruce is a safer play. And if you're looking at investing in a second, third-round pick, do you want that safer play or do you want that risk? I think I'm going to defer the risk to the latter rounds of the draft when I can. I totally agree, uh, Tim. I don't know, Perry. What do you, I mean, that makes Tim makes a lot of sense. I mean, you go with somebody that you feel like can can put up 35 home runs in Jay Bruce, and yeah, granted, Stanton could put up 50 home runs, but he could also do what he's doing this year, which is going to put up 20. Yeah, I, I like uh, I like Stanton's potential better than Bruce. Bruce has only had one season where he had a slugging percentage better than 500, and I think that's sort of the the basement for Stanton. Uh, so I, I think uh, it would be close, but I, I think I'd prefer Stanton. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, let's uh, let's get a lead together, uh, and we'll we'll play it out, uh, guys, and see how that all plays out. <laughs> Gentlemen, let's move to two start pitchers, and then we'll wrap it up. We start off, Timmy, with Dan Straley. It's a shame that we have to talk about Dan Straley as a potential two-start pitcher. Iffy, I wish he was a guaranteed two-start pitcher, but it's just not happening for the young Mr. Dan Straley. Oakland Athletics, 15% started according to CBS League's tough matchup against Texas and Derek Holland, though Texas is playing better. They haven't been a tough matchup. And home against Houston and Brett Oberholson, who continues to pitch very, very well. Timmy, he's been a league average pitcher this year. Strikeouts per nine is 7.2. Walks per nine is 2.2. But again, home runs are out of control. He's given up a lot of long balls. And quite frankly, he's very, very hittable this year. Dan Straley. Yeah, it's a pass for me. Uh, you know, you, you're looking at Texas. They can still score some runs. And uh, until Oberholzer falls off the face of the planet, which it doesn't look like he's going to do, he's been posting some great numbers. So I, I think this week I'd have to sit straightly against those uh, those two pitchers and those two teams, Rich. Yeah, I think I do as well. But uh, back, uh, Perry, to Brett Oberholzer. I mean, this is a big dude. I mean, I, I think... I think he's got a little bit of staying power. He's a number three. He's not going to be an ace for you, but he's a lefty. He throws hard, and he's got a bulldog mentality. I think there's a lot to like with him. And he has a great name. <laughs> Absolutely. What about Dan Straley? Um, I'm going to differ from Tim on this one because I like what he did against the Tigers this week, and I like that he has uh, two starts at home. So 
where he's he's about the same as he is on the road, but I like uh, uh, pitchers pitching at home in Oakland. So I, I think I would give him a chance. Looking at Oberholtz, and uh, things don't look good when we dive into his stats, though, Tim. Uh, he's only striking out 5.7 per nine. He's not walking anybody, so he's got a great strikeout-to-walk ratio. His fly ball rate, though, is 50%. Uh, yeah, but obviously they're not going far enough, so we're safe so far, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, Yasmira Petit, I don't know if it's uh, Petit or Pettit, I think it's Petit. Uh, he was a, a top prospect, I think, with the mm. Diamondbacks years ago, Timmy. Crazy yeah. strikeout rates in the minor leagues. He's got two starts this week at San Diego and home versus Arizona, though I think he pitched today, so this could be old news. But it's still a good question. What about uh, Yas- Yasmira Petit? Uh, if he's pitching against Ian Kennedy, I'd say start him. Uh, I don't know what the change in matchups is is going to be, but uh, San Diego doesn't have an overpowering offense, uh, and I would have to if he's pitch day. I assume he'd be going up against Arizona in the second matchup, whoever it is. Uh, I'd probably if if he's going up against Kennedy, yeah, I'd start him. If he's going up against Arizona and whoever they wheel out there, I'd pass, Rich. Your thoughts on Yasmera Petit there, uh, Perry? Uh, he did pitch today, and he struck out 10 Diamondbacks in six innings, getting the win, giving up two runs. So he won't be a two-start pitcher, but uh, I like the fact that he pitched well at Coors last week, and he uh, the the matchups in the, uh, the non-Dodger portion of the NL West are always favorable. Uh, Petit is an interesting guy. Again, I remember he was coming up, and I was really high on him. He just absolutely was awful. Uh, okay, Perry, Tyler Thornburg, Milwaukee Brewers, 2% start in the CBS leagues, home against Pittsburgh, and Charlie Morton, who's been probably their third-best pitcher out there, and at the Chicago Cubs and Travis Wood. The thing that I noticed about Thornburg when I looked at him is he's pitched 25 innings on the road and given up one run. So you can definitely pitch him at Wrigley. I think uh, I would probably sit him against the the, the, the Pirates. I almost said Steelers. <laughs> okay. Uh, first of all, Timmy, uh, Charlie Morton pitching really well this year. Yeah, I've actually got him going in a couple leagues, and he's got a pretty solid string of quality starts uh, for you, Barry, happening right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, – I'd have a tendency to want to sit him because uh, when you look at Milwaukee and you look at that offense and the struggles, and you know even even Ioki, their best uh, one of their best bats, uh, the leadoff slot, definitely their best bat, is is day to day with a, a knee issue, I believe. So when you look at the offensive support that Thornburg's going to get, it's going to be mostly offensive. So I think I'd sit him against uh, both those teams this week, Rich. Okay, Timmy, Paul Clemens with Houston. You can, If he's out there, he's less than 1% owned. Uh, home against Minnesota and Andrew Albers and at Oakland and Fat Bart. Well, that's a split decision. Uh, does Minnesota actually have the worst offense in the game right now, uh, Rich? It's got to be close. Uh, starting against Minnesota, Oakland, uh, not, not, not quite so uh, keen on that Oakland matchup. Uh, and, a, and I don't, I wouldn't want him in for that second matchup, so I would probably sit him for the week, Rich. Paul Clemens, uh, your thoughts? Twenty-five-year-old rookie, nice fastball, but secondary stuff in his command aren't really up to speed there, uh, Perry. Is he any relation to Roger? <laughs> Unfortunately, he is not. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I noticed the one weird thing about him is he hasn't pitched at home since July first. 
But uh, Tim's right about the Twins. They've scored 10 runs in their last six games, so you almost have to pitch uh, any Clemens against them. Yeah. The last guy is, uh, and we'll wait to let Tim answer second, is Dice K. <laughs> with your Mets, he's with the Mets. Uh, I don't know how he got over to the Mets. Uh, less than 1% owned at Atlanta and Paul Mahalan at Cleveland and Justin Masterson, Dice K. Uh, I would not go with Dice K. I noticed that his career whip is 1.42, and that's over his career, and he's not at tip uh, condition now. So even though he's one of uh, Tim's longtime favorites, I would have to sit him. Tim has got multiple uh, autographs of Dice K. So, Tim, I know you're hoping for two no-hitters this week to to drive the price up of, of your autographs. Uh, well, yeah, I, I would really like to turn them into big bucks, Rich, but <laughs> I, I really can't see that happening. Uh, they're more for sentimental purposes, and I, I, I really don't think it matters how much I rub Dice K's balls, a ball, on my desk. It's not going to, for good luck, it's not going to make any difference. you got to sit Dice K. As much as I love the guy, you got to sit him, Rich. That was very good. Now, that was funny, Tim. Now, i got to give you kudos on that, but that was better than the Goins. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> okay, guys, that is a wrap. Uh, Perry, anything that you would like to promote before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, yeah, one quick thing. Uh, Fantasy Postseason, the site that I write a blog for, they've opened up baseball signups for uh, baseball postseason. So uh, either hit me up on email or on Twitter, email pmesner at Yahoo, and uh, I'm going to be opening up some leagues and we can play baseball well into October. I said, how does this work? I've never played in a, because I'm exhausted by the end of the baseball season. How (laughs) does uh, postseason baseball leagues work? Uh, It's pretty much the same thing as any other season. The rosters are limited, and we usually the one big change is that we usually make players draftable twice. So each player, each team can, uh, each player can be drafted by two teams because the player pool is so shallow. But other than that, it's just a a straight uh, either rotisserie or head-to-head league, just using the postseason. Now, Tim, you've played in these uh, leagues, and I'm sure you've won most of them. But uh, how do you like playing in the postseason leagues? I like it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and yeah, you're right. I think I did win one last year or the year before. It's uh, it, it's it's an interesting crapshoot, and uh, I would highly recommend people giving it a shot. As a matter of fact, I'll put a challenge out there to our listeners. Uh, if anybody is interested, get get a hold of me. Maybe we can put a league together, Perry, from uh, show listeners. And hey, Rich, I think you'd enjoy it. It's a little, it's it's a lot of fun trying to predict the teams that are going to advance and likewise the players that are going to advance along the way because you've got roster moves uh, and a waiver wire as this thing progresses. It's a lot of fun. The reality, Tim, is the fall is my biggest writing time, so I'm going to mm-hmm. probably have to write another 80,000 words this fall, and I've actually started already putting all the profiles together because I'm trying to get a head start on it because okay. I will start publishing on my site. Uh, in fact, the Cubs will be going up in about three weeks. It's already been written. I'm just waiting for the final stats to come in, which is a very good system, by the way. So I'm trying to get out in front of stuff, so I'm not going to play. That's why I limited my fantasy football. That's why I'm limiting any kind of postseason mm-hmm. baseball stuff. So that's what I got going on. Well, it sounds like you got your hands full, Rich. So uh, I, I can't blame you for taking a, taking a flyer on on this one. But hey, for for people that haven't quite got their fill, they, it's uh, one month of uh, mystery and mayhem. A lot of fun. Now, Tim, you've got one more week of rotorob.com where you're writing the wa- waiver troll article. So that'll be your final one next week. 
Yeah, next next week I'm going to wrap it all up. Once you get into the middle of September, there's really not a whole lot going on. Head-to-head leagues are already in their playoff, playoff situation with rosters locked for the most part. So I'm going to wrap it up next week. And, hey, I want to thank everybody who's followed me over there this year. Uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. I think I'm in my fourth year now of writing, writing the weekly uh, waiver article. And, it's been a lot of fun, and I want to thank uh, thank everybody who's uh, who's followed me there. Well, Tim's a great writer, uh, Perry. But uh, Tim, I you know I continue to bring this up. Uh, when are we going to change the name of this site? I mean, Roto Rob. I mean, really, Tim? I mean, it means nothing. <laughs> well, his name is Rob Roto Rob. It makes total sense. <laughs> but, but but he writes about video games and 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 football and ba- I mean uh, rotisserie and that that. <laughs> Word means nothing. I mean that 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 means people associate rotisserie with chicken. Tim. They do not associate it with baseball. Come on, you got to call it something else. Trust me in this, Tim. If I if you've never listened to me, Rod's never listened to me in this. You got to change the name, Tim. Tell him. Okay, well you know what? That's I I am just a I'm I'm just a a mere mere mortal in the big scheme of things, and it just <laughs> happens to be the site I call home. So I'll let you take that one up with uh, with Robert. Uh, I'm going to pass there. It's a it's a great site. It really is the name's got to change don't like the name then again people hate my name of prospect 361 so who am i uh who am i to say anything so <laughs> perry thank you so much you were obviously awesome again we'll hope to have you back on sometime this fall uh hopefully timmy will have the great ian con on uh two weeks uh from today yes uh it'd be nice to hear about his wonderful vacation in hawaii and how he Finished second to me in Ron Chandler's leagues. That's another one that I got going on. Another oh, monthly okay. league starting starting tomorrow, Rich. So uh, I forgot to mention that. that's going to be a hoot. And good luck to uh, Mainskin in the chat room. Uh, he, we're going to we're going to duke it out again in September, Rich. Okay, uh, gentlemen. If you'd like to uh, again follow us at Perry Misner on Twitter at Timothy L M C, and of course myself at uh, Rich Wilson FSG at Rich Wilson FSG. Perry, we'll see you around. Timmy, see you in a couple of weeks. Take care, Rich. Thank you.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.